Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. What's up Thursday afternoon with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sportsbook at the Golden Moon Casino. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad, thanks for joining us. If you want to be a part of the conversation, we would love for you to jump on board on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. Ever thought about the possibility of a new career? Well, at Seaspire, they are in search of the ambitious, the curious, the norm breakers, the never settlers. They love to innovate and live to make technology faster, smarter, better, and more accessible every day. Worked in the field of cutting edge technology with one of the best mid sized companies in the United States, according to Forbes. It's more than a job or a paycheck, it's the opportunity of a lifetime. You can aspire to more. Seaspire.com slash careers. Boys? It is good to be with you. Michael Borky says that today, the 27th of October, is a momentous day. Last week we had the sports equinox. Today, we begin the calendar of greatness. Yeah, I guess we have another equinox tomorrow, too. No, we don't. Never mind, it's Friday. No NFL. But, uh, yes, today is a very special day because starting today, you have 27 consecutive days of college or NFL football. Every single day for the next 27 days, there is a college or NFL game on your television. Hey, Dad, I honestly expected a little seat shimmy from you at the um, at, at, at the news. I mean, it's great stuff. It's what you want out of life. This is the best time of year. This, yeah, I agree with what Borky put in the email, which I do read, Borky. Uh, this is the most wonderful time of the year. Then, not Christmas. This is this is the time that I celebrate. Here's how the stretch begins: three college football games tonight. The Raging Cajuns at the Rock to take on Southern Miss, six thirty tonight on ESPN two. Two other games: Virginia Tech and NC State, Utah, Washington State. That one could be a lot of fun. Kicks off at 9 o'clock on FS1. I wonder what the weather... We're going to have to pull up the weather for Pullman, Washington in just a minute. I I could use a good bad weather game. 
My guess is terrible, but in a I good need, way. I need a fog layer with a little bit of drizzle and temperatures in the 40s, if at all possible, for that game. That would draw me in. And, of course, you've got Thursday night football tonight, Ravens at Bucks. There's a great quarterback to watch in this game. His name is Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Just saying. Just uh... saying. Two games tomorrow night, East Carolina, BYU, Louisiana Tech, FIU. On Saturday, you get the full slate of college football. On Sunday, the full slate of NFL games. Then Monday night football. Then it is back. Maction begins on Tuesday night. There's more Maction on Wednesday night. On Thursday night, you get a combination of Fun Belt and Conference USA. Next Friday, three college football games. Week 10 slate of games that includes Tennessee, Georgia, and Alabama, LSU. The East and the West might be determined that day. That is possible. Week, let's see here, week 9 of the NFL slate is on Sunday, November 6th. Then you get Monday Night Football. Then you get more Maction. Then you get some, uh, good grief, the Mac is playing a ton of these midweek games. It used to be like there was one. Or maybe two. Now you it, like it. So November eighth, you get three Mac games on Tuesday night and three more on Wednesday night. I give them credit. Now it probably really sucks for their fans because going to games on Wednesday night is hard to do, and it probably diminishes the environments pretty greatly. Because you look at some of the crowd shots, and they're really bad for Maction. But do you yeah, want but would they be that much better on Saturdays? A little bit. I mean, they would. Maybe. But do you a want little. people to see you or not? Mm-hmm. You do. And clearly ESPN has embraced it as well, and CBS Sports Network has gotten in on the act. So Tuesday, November 8th, you'll have Ball State at Toledo, Eastern Michigan at Akron, Ohio at Miami of Ohio. And all three of those are on television. And then same thing Wednesday night. Buffalo, Central Michigan, Kent State, Bowling Green, Northern Illinois, Illinois Western Michigan. One game on ESPN2, one game on ESPNU, one game on CBS Sports Network. It's beautiful. And then, you know, we're getting deeper into November, right? November 10th, two Thursday night games, Thursday night NFL game, Fun Belt and some Pac-12 action and some West Coast Conference action on Friday, November 11th. Then you get into November 12th. Alabama at Ole Miss that weekend, TCU at Texas that weekend. That's uh is that Mississippi State, Georgia? Also, mm-hmm. November twelfth? It is. It goes on and on. I'm not gonna read like four weeks worth of TV schedules to you. It ends the Tuesday of Egg Bowl week. There is no college or is NFL Tuesday or Wednesday on Wednesday. So Tuesday is the last day. That's day okay, twenty seven. Yeah, yeah. Tuesday, November 22nd is day 27. Ball State, Miami of Ohio, and Bowling Green at Ohio. And then Wednesday, we will rest. And then we'll start all over again on Thursday. You'll have three NFL games. You'll have the Egg Bowl, bunch of football on Friday after Thanksgiving, ton of rivalry games on Saturday after Thanksgiving. And then it just goes and goes and goes. It is beautiful. It is beautiful. This is such a fun time of year. The only thing I don't like, Borky, about the beginning of this stretch 
is that it means we're in the home stretch of the college football season. Yeah, it's it's the end. I was actually talking to somebody about this uh, about this last night, where uh, state fans not so much because you, you know they played bigger games early, they played LSU early and stuff, so it didn't feel quite this way for them. But you know, Ole Miss played seven games. And the take after all of them, whether fair or not, was, yeah, but. Yeah, they played, but this. But the schedule's not good. But Lane cried about attendance, and people are still talking about that. Uh, Good job, Lane. Maybe your team will show up in the second half this week, since you're not happy that your fans don't show up in the second half of games. But... You're still mad about that. (laughs) Oh, I just think it's ridiculous, and it it was a bad move, and... Again, maybe his team can show up in the second half this week. If you're going to ask your fans to do it, your team should do the same thing. Either way, it, because of the yeah, but, I, I feel like by default, there was no stopping and smelling of the roses. There, there were seven consecutive wins. Seven straight. And the take the whole time was yeah, but. And I, I kind of feel like you know, I contributed to that, obviously. But I wish, because the season went by so fast, that you know, we'd have stopped and smelled the roses for a while. Instead of, yeah, but. Ah, well, Auburn's not good. Ah, well, Kentucky, yeah, you know, they had a fumble here. Or, ah, it's attendance. Or, ah, the schedule. Won seven straight games <laughs> to start the season. That's remarkable. And it was just kind of dismissed. And now the season's almost over. It's really good. Hey, Dad, how are you going to spend your off? Oh, we, we lost him for a second. We'll, we'll get Hey, Dad back on the other side of the break. Tell you what else is coming up this afternoon. Ross Dellinger, he's going to join us in about five minutes. Ross Dellinger covers college football at Sports Illustrated. We will uh, we'll get into a number of topics from him uh, or with him. We will get into a number of topics. We'll talk about that updated guidance from NIL, and we'll Try to get a little bit of an update on any developments moving toward a playoff actually happening. Ross Dellinger is the guy that goes to all the meetings when like the bigwigs get together, and then we just immediately go and read what Ross wrote about him. So it's the people who are in the meeting rooms, whether you're talking about the NCAA or college football playoff committee or you know commissioners that are making decisions, and then it's Ross. I don't know if anybody else shows up or not, but Ross seems to always be there. So we'll uh, we'll scratch that itch just uh, a little bit coming up. Uh, and then also Lee Sterling will join us in the 4 o'clock hour. We are a day closer to college game day in the state capital of Mississippi on the campus. Well, not necessarily on the campus, but in the parking lot of Veterans Stadium in Jackson where Jackson State will host Southern University this weekend. Game day getting started at 8 o'clock on Saturday morning. Forecast really hasn't gotten much better, has it? It kind of stinks, so hopefully. That's all right. Look, you got plenty of time. Find a good raincoat, find a good rain suit, whatever it is you need. You know, Dig the poncho out. Yeah. Yeah. Poncho would not be my preference, but it'll keep you dry. Yeah. That's all you need. It'll be a great scene on Saturday morning. And you got a great scene tonight in Hattiesburg with Southern Miss hosting Louisiana, the Ragin' Cajuns, in a uh, pretty important Sunbelt game. Ross Dellinger coming up next on the Farm Bureau Guest Line. Check out favorites.com 
and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Exciting news. Brace yourself. More Sports Talk Mississippi. Now. Now. Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Of course, many of you listening on your supertalk radio stations. Glad to be with you. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad, and now Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated joins us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. Ross, always uh, appreciate you spending a few minutes with us. So we get some news today. The Division I Council has approved, what, some proposals? Kind of walk us down the road of what happened officially today. Yeah, so uh, they were supposed to review, and I, I think they... It's kind of complicated. Big surprise. It's complicated how the NCAA process works. Um, yeah, no kidding. You know, it shocks everybody. But uh, they're basically what what happens is they are planning to review this proposal, and then they they kind of like vote on it to approve it to continue down the long uh, road that is the approvals process, which ends maybe in January with an official vote. And the proposal is um, all of this is tied, by the way, to last year's Supreme Court decision, uh, which basically says uh, the NCAA, you're an illegal cartel and um, you're in violation of antitrust law. <laughs> and you have to remove all the restrictions on things, including uh, salaries and things like that, um, uh, cost or what do they call it, uh, earnings, restriction earnings or um, I can't remember the. I tweeted the exact term, but restricted earning positions. So all restricted yeah. earning positions, uh, you you kind of list those things, and that includes football graduate assistants who have a restriction on their pay. So that'll be listed if this is approved. And then the big one for uh, everyone in that state, um, because I know I have a lot of college baseball fans there, is the one that reclassifies a volunteer coaching position to into a full-time position. So for baseball and softball, for instance, they have three full-time coaches in one volunteer position for each of those sports. And now that one volunteer position, which is unpaid, of course, will become a fourth full-time paid position. You know, I think for a lot of people in Mississippi where college baseball is such a big deal, and, and, and I guess other places, but because Mississippi has got some restrictions or doesn't have a scholarship program that, that kind of helps in recruiting, there are a lot of people, Ross, that were, because this kind of came out a year or so ago, that looked like, or maybe not that far along, but looked like that they were going to lift some of the scholarship restrictions yeah. on baseball. Uh, 11.7 scholarships, um, is there any movement on that front that you've heard about, or has that been pushed to the back burner? Yeah, it's, it's been pushed. Um, I think what happened was um, uh, there was some pushback against against it from a lot of leagues, um, and even some power leagues uh, had pushed back on two things: the the uh, the lifting of the cap on coaching staffs and the lifting of the cap on Scholarships, uh, yeah. and, and, and there's just been some pushback there. 
because of finance, finances, mainly because it would just take more money to uh, do those do those things, and, and so there was enough pushback that uh, it's been shelved. Uh, I think now they're they're still talking about how they can expand scholarships a little bit and all that, but it just it seems like it's been put on the back burner. The staff stuff, I don't really expect to happen. Um, that it's, you know, going beyond just back burner. Right? That's been taken off the stove completely, I believe, is, is the staff stuff. What they're going to do is these type of things we're talking about, you know, they might change some, uh, you know, specific roles of an analyst, make them maybe be able to get be more involved and all that stuff, which they are anyway now. Um, but, yeah, a lot of that stuff has been yeah. – uh, there was just so much, I think, there was so much pushback on it. They uh, They've shelved it for now. Yeah, because, I mean, like in all things, it gives the SEC and the Big Ten the opportunity to kind of do whatever they want, and then you've got other conferences that are constantly playing catch-up, and then I guess baseball is more SEC-driven than anything else. It, it is fascinating to me, though, that, um, you know, we, we, I, I get not giving you unlimited staff sizes in football. That that makes sense to me. But, uh, hey, let's not give more opportunities to uh, people to college uh, scholarships and access, uh, whatever. Yeah, I'll go back to your saying that the NCAA makes no sense. What about yesterday? I'd love to just touch on this, and then I want to see if there are any updates on your end with kind of where we're headed on expanded playoff. Um, new guidance on the NIL front. Did, did the NCAA just open the door yesterday for universities to kind of do whatever they want to in terms of NIL? Uh, I mean, I guess. I, I... You know, I think a couple of things. I don't know that the guidance um, was all that significant, uh, first off. Uh, two, I don't know that the, gui- the guidance isn't legislation, so it's not a policy. So can it be enforced? And number three, it think, you know, nothing's been enforced yet. Nobody has gotten slapped on the wrist in <laughs> any way. Um, so I don't know what any of it means. I will say the biggest thing that stuck out yesterday about the NIL guidance was that uh, collective uh, that schools can now promote their collectives. You know, they can they can direct boosters to donate to the collectives. They can hold events and fundraising which with collectives and around collectives. The thing is, all of this, most of it has been happening anyway. You know, I <laughs> shoot three weeks ago I went to I, a, a function at Ole Miss before the game against Kentucky that included all of the head coaches of Ole Miss in a room with like 10 of the biggest boosters announcing a collectives and players were in there too. So it's been happening, you know, so I don't know that we should read too much into the guidance. Uh, there'll probably be some things here and there that schools will stop doing um, because of the guidance, uh, because it clar- clarified things, but there'll probably be things that, that, that schools will be able to do more of like, again, promoting their collective. So that was the biggest thing to me. Are we ever going to get to a point where the NCAA is actually going to pop some people, follow through on the illegal inducements? Because there's really just not any reason to do that anymore, and yet you've still got it happening in some places. I, yeah, I mean, I think, uh, I think we are going to eventually get something from the NCAA as far as enforcement, you know, we know that back in June they're in Miami. We know they've kind of asked around for documents from like BYU and Texas A&M. And, um, so I think at some point 
we're gonna we're gonna probably have something come down. Some school's gonna get fined or have to disassociate from a booster or whatever. Um, it, so I think there has to be something. Uh, and the NCAA has been so vocal that there will be something, and they're investigating and they're pursuing that they got to come. I would think with something at some point. Well, that's good. I mean, if we're on the same timeline as the LSU basketball investigation, that should happen in <laughs> roughly 2029. So uh, yeah. we got about. Three minutes left, Ross. Where are we on 12-team playoff expansion? I know there's a lot of stuff that has to be sorted out behind the scenes. We keep uh, – I, I love Jim Phillips a couple of weeks ago saying, you know, there's just a lot to get done. Well, you know, it's stuff that could have started a year ago if you hadn't been the roadblock to getting it done. But here we are. So where is that process? Yeah, they wasted seven months, basically. The, the mm-hmm. late February was the kind of the – straw poll unofficial vote that was eight to three with the alliance members big 10 acc pac 12 against the playoff and so march april may june july and august basically six months at least six months they could have been working on getting this done early and uh they didn't um so i think it's still going to happen uh they had a call yesterday only lasted about an hour uh but it was a good call i heard and it follows last week's in-person meetings there are a couple roadblocks that I think, you know, will get smoothed out. It sounds like I think I think there's going to be, uh, I think there's some been some progress made. And I would guess within the next two weeks we will get an announcement of early expansion, either 24, or 25. But I, I do think there seems to be a lot of optimism around 24, and we'll get a schedule. They've narrowed a lot of that down. We reported on some of those dates last week, so it's I'm pretty sure it's going to get there. Um, they're just, you know, a lot of the bowl contracts are, are left to be kind of ironed out, so to speak. There's a revenue sharing, dis- revenue distribution model that, that uh, some people want changed. So that's been a discussion point. And there's the calendar with the NFL, which we were at a lot about last week. They're going to, you know, they're going to have to go against the NFL in the first round in, in third Saturday in December. And it's something they were trying to avoid, but they probably can't. And so that, that was a holdup for a while. So things are starting to get settled a little bit. And, and there's no working together between college football and the NFL on that, right? I mean, the NFL is not going to back off of Saturdays in December, and college football is just not going to have a choice? Correct. Uh, the NFL doesn't seem to um, want in any way to compromise or communicate or work with its free farm system. <laughs> there's your parting shot. Ross Dellinger, always good work. Thank you, my friend. All right. See you, Richard. Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated. The NFL does not want to or have any interest in working in conjunction with its farm system. I've got an idea on how they can avoid that that I don't know if college football fans would like, but I think it would be the smartest business decision. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll see what Michael Borky's idea is when we come back. Ross joined us on the Farm Bureau phone line. This Sports Talk Mississippi in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi.
Back with you on Sports Talk Mississippi. Good conversation with Ross Dellinger from Sports Illustrated. If you missed it, you can always get it on demand at supertalk.fm. You can go back and listen to the Sports Talk Mississippi podcast at your convenience wherever you get your podcasts. So we're talking about some of the challenges when you go to a 12-team playoff. You're going to have that quarterfinal Saturday somewhere in late December probably the third weekend in December if you get the conference championship games. First weekend, you get an open date, and then you'll have quarterfinal Saturday. But the NFL plays regular season games and then playoff games on in, in that time frame. They're not the playoffs yet at that point, are they? It's still regular season games. They just do regular nah. season games on Saturday. Yeah. yeah. I guess they're into January before they play a couple of playoff games on a Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Borky says he has an idea. It's very simple, actually. And and there are people, anytime this kind of conversation comes up, there are people that swear that college football is as popular as the NFL. It's not. Every single data point tells you that the NFL is 10 times over more popular nationwide than college football. It is. The numbers say that. Competing against it is stupid. More people watched Ole Miss play Kentucky. Hell, more people watched Ole Miss play Auburn than will watch the Egg Bowl. Why? Because there's an NFL game on at the same time. The NFL is king. Competing against it is a guaranteed loss every time. So play the game on Friday. Play the semifinal games on Friday. It's the end of December. You've already established a precedent in college football. In holiday season, you play games all days of the week. Both seasons on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, it doesn't matter because nobody's working at the end of December on Friday. It's not a work day like it is tomorrow. So don't even bother. Play your first-round playoff games on your own because when you compete against the NFL, you lose. Even playoff games will are, are a guaranteed loss. You will not maximize your audience, so don't even bother. And on December 23rd, when not a single person is working, play your opening round games that day. Do it on Friday. Is it that weekend or is it the weekend earlier? Because if it was December 23rd and that was a Friday, uh, you might be on to something there. I, I think you might have some attendance issues when you're talking about two days before Christmas. But, I mean... Thanksgiving Day, you guys tell me that Thanksgiving Day causes no issues for the Egg Bowl. So if Thanksgiving Day is a non-factor in attendance, then sometime near Christmas for a playoff game should not be one either. Yeah, I mean, I I feel pretty confident that if State or Ole Miss is in a playoff game, hosting a playoff game on December 23rd, those stadiums are going to be packed. Yeah. And I guess those are the on-campus games also. So I was I was thinking right. about that as being neutral site games where like every fan that was going had to travel. So, right. No, yeah, no, forgive no. me on that. So it is December 3rd this year is the SEC championship. That's December 3rd. So yeah, but December 2023, looking ahead, the first Saturday in December is January 2nd. And so the 9th would be the week off, and then it would be the weekend. The first the Saturday 16th. in December is January 2nd? What kind of world are we living in? Is that what I said? That's what you said. Yes. Sorry. <laughs> the first Up is Saturday down. Cats and December. dogs living together. 
Yeah. The first Saturday in December is the second. So then it wouldn't you wouldn't be necessarily off for Christmas, but Friday, December fifteenth is a day that people would fill up your stadium for. I mean, do you want to? Ma- and this is a business thing. A lot of fans are like, "No, no, you got to play on Saturday." I understand. Trust me, I'm the one that argues against Thanksgiving Egg Bowls for the very reason that you would argue not to play a playoff game on Friday. But from a business perspective, going up against the NFL is a losing proposition. It is not going to happen. You will never, ever, 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 ever capital E V E R win. So don't even try. Here's my question, though. Does it matter? Yeah. No, no, no. Well, hear, hear, hear me out what I'm asking, though. Does it matter in terms of the revenue that you're going to make from the television contract? Are they going to pay you less because the rating is going to be less because it's going to be head-to-head with an NFL game? No. You're saying that viewership doesn't impact television contracts? But they're not going to no, know what the viewership is before that, the first contract comes along. But then you're going to have to sign another one eventually. Don't you want to maximize Even, your audience? Uh, and yeah, Yes, of course you do. Uh, of course you do. That's not what I'm suggesting. I just don't know that it affects what the number is that the networks pay because though NF, the NFL is king, the clear number two in the United States is college football. And... About 95% of the most watched shows on television in 2021, last year, were live sporting events. Overwhelmingly the NFL and then college football. I think you're still going to have a big audience. And the people that want to get it can get it. I think. People like us, especially, you know, I'm a Saints fan, right? But if the Saints are playing and Mississippi State is playing in a playoff game, I know where my attention is going to be. Right. Okay, and I yeah, think but, but hold on, let the me fans of those teams... If the Saints are playing and Clemson is playing Florida, which I'm, I'm a bad, I'm a bad person to ask. I'm a bad person to ask. I would watch the playoff game. The overwhelming majority of the country would watch the NFL game. I mean, we see it with the Egg they Bowl. Would. I mean, it doesn't matter what NFL game is on the night of the Egg Bowl. The Egg Bowl is this, I mean, a nasty rivalry, right? Like, every day, all the college football people just love the Egg Bowl because they like to point and laugh at us, honestly, is why. Because it's all vitriolic and stuff. But the average sports fan in America, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, or what's the third game this year? Thanks, the, the the third NFL game. On Thanksgiving night? I, I have no idea. It's not, it's it not the Saints this year. It's been it Saints-Falcons the past few years. <laughs> it's, 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 the, it. it's the Patriots and the Vikings. As, as crazy as it sounds to a lot of you listening, more people around the country would rather watch Patriots-Vikings. They just would. They would. What and I would and say you is see this. it every year with the Egg Bowl. It, it just it doesn't move the needle anymore because of what it's see, up against. There are still TV shows on when you when, when NFL games are on. It's not like the whole world shuts down except for those two NFL games. I think you can get enough people to watch to make it worth your while. Well, and, and remember, we're talking regular season NFL games. So when we talk about most viewed games, yeah. we're talking about marquee matchups. 
Sunday night football kind of leads the way, and then when you get a huge matchup in that afternoon time slot, or even the noon time slot on CBS or Fox, you get those really, really big regular season numbers where 13, 14, 15 million people tune in. It's not until you get to the NFL playoffs where you start getting, unless it's just like a stupid, crazy event, season kickoff game or something, where you get into those 30 million audiences. But if it's a regular season weekend, that means even more NFL fans are engaged in something else because there's more games. You would, in in a perfect record. world, you'd compete against fewer of them than more of them. Yeah, no, I, I get that. I'm saying if you're going up a just a just a regular NFL weekend slate that's going to do eight or nine million people, it's not crazy for me to think that you get twelve million people that watch the college football game. And just for the record, this year there are no Saturday games scheduled for this particular week we're talking about. The week of it would be December the seventeenth. Hmm. It's the following week when they begin. So, yeah, this might be just well. The following week doesn't really count because uh, it's Christmas. Christmas Day is a Sunday, so I think there's only one game on Christmas Day. Then are they talking about having two weeks off before the playoffs? That's what they're talking about. Then, well, maybe so. Let's double check. That, that. They, yeah, that's what they're talking about. Then, yeah, I, there's I, three games on Sunday. My, my mistake. They're, they're talking about having two weeks off. Well, then that's just really dumb. Just take one week off between the championship games and the quarterfinals. Take it's one. not. Look at us. We solved the problem without doing a whole. We solved the problem in one segment of radio. That's that's what we just did. We also get this. Why are we not says, paid more? Real football fans have multiple TVs to watch on. I mean, Borky tells you he's Fair. a multiple screen guy all the time. Just put both games on at the same time. It's fine. That's what I do. Uh, sadly, not everybody's like that, but uh, that, that that is what I do. Yeah, it, that it, I, I like hearing also that there's momentum to tell the bowl games. You know, we're, we're going to do the first two rounds on campus and and deal with it. Sorry, we're more important than you. So, thank you. Sounds like there's some momentum in that regard, it, because it didn't make sense in the first place. Alabama, if they get a bye, and let's just pretend that LSU's the five seed. Alabama's the one, LSU's the five. If you're the people at Alabama, LSU gets a home game. They get 100,000 people in their stadium one more time. They get to generate all that revenue, but we don't. We got to go to Arlington, and they get to play at home? Nah. Nope. Not happening. It's about time somebody finally stood up and realized that doesn't make sense. Yeah, I feel like we've been banging that drum for a little while, and not a lot of other people have. We'll we'll see how that part of it shakes out. Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll wrap up the first hour with you after this. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here's more Super Talk Mississippi. She stood in the street, smiling for my head. Hey, Dad, I had a conversation with uh, someone earlier today that uh, I bet it's a name that you will recognize. Okay. So so I've got SMU at Tulsa on Saturday. Yep. That's the, the TV game I'm doing. So I had Tulsa's coaches call earlier, and then we did SMU. So we talked to Rhett Lashley. I told Borky mm-hmm. earlier, you had on... On the 2010 Auburn staff, so Gene Chizik's team that won a national championship, 
when mm-hmm. Gus Malzahn was the offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley, yeah. who's now a head coach at SMU, was a graduate assistant. Eli Drinkwitz, who's now the head coach at Missouri, was a graduate assistant. And Casey Woods, who is now the offensive coordinator at SMU, was a graduate assistant. So after we talked to Rhett mm-hmm. today, we talked with Casey Woods, Starkville native, son of Sparky Woods, was a standout at Starkville ah. Academy and then went on to play at Tennessee. I did not connect those well, dots until go. after the conversation was over, but small world, I suppose. It is, yeah. Yeah, he was a uh, he was a wide receiver and a holder at Tennessee, and then um, GA at Tennessee first, and then Auburn, and then worked at UAB with Bill Clark. Anyway, never mind. Uh, John and Meridian, Michael Borky will uh, co-sign on this. He says, please move the Egg Bowl from Thanksgiving, especially since the Saints Falcons play the same night. Back in the nineties, it was great. Today, it is terrible. Again, that's John and Meridian. So I think you avoid the Falcons game this year, but in the past, that was really yeah. bad for uh, for this region. That was a an especially bad Egg Bowl viewership night because anybody around here that could have been invested that doesn't care about Ole Miss or State, Saints draw you in more. It's, it's just how it works to the average sports fan that is not invested in, in that game. So that stunk. But luckily this year, Saints aren't playing. Now... It'd be better if they luckily just didn't play. Or unluckily, if they just didn't play at all, if if they stopped playing football, that would also be luckily. But you know, so so I got a question for you. This is a different way of looking at the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night because I understand there are a lot of people that don't like it, and you know we'll we'll argue until we stop arguing over whether or not the stadiums are full or as full as they could be or whatever. Good. Whether every seat's full or not, the Egg Bowl draws good crowds. Newsflash. Um, here's my question. Even up against the NFL, how many people will watch the Egg Bowl on Thanksgiving night, Borky? Nor- two, north two of two million. million? Yeah. Not more than the Kentucky game. No, no, you're right. But that's also an incredibly valuable time slot to ESPN. We know that. That's a highly watched window. But but let's let's say it's Somewhere between two and two and a half million. Somewhere between one point eight and two and a half million. That gives us a good range. I bet it gets over two, but yeah, that's that's conservative enough to make it worth it. So, if you were to take the Egg Bowl off of Thanksgiving Day, as things stand right now, it's not going on Friday. That's the Missouri Arkansas slot now on CBS in the afternoon. Shouldn't be, maybe, but it is. And guess what? What? The NFL's decided that that's our day, too, <laughs> starting next year. Yeah, well, that's so. fine. They're going to play in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. And there's a bunch of other college football. Here's what I'm asking. In most years, the schedule, at least as it exists now, is going to have the, uh, the, the Iron Bowl as the CBS game on the Saturday after Thanksgiving. And... The Saturday night primetime game, more years than not, is going to be LSU Texas A&M. Now it may get shuffled around. We'll see what happens when Texas comes into the league and Oklahoma comes into the league and all of that stuff. So, if the Egg Bowl got stuck on in the three o'clock window on Saturday afternoon, we'd be like, "Great, that's a perfect time slot to play that game." Three o'clock. Saturday afternoon, hopefully the weather's cooperating. 
But in terms of the viewership of that game, it's cut by what, two-thirds? Maybe. in the SEC Network, you know, for good reason, honestly, doesn't release numbers. Yeah. They, 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 don't, they keep those private. This year, though, looking at that slate, here's what the, the Egg Bowl would kick off at 11 a.m. on Saturday. Because mm-hmm. you would have the Iron Bowl at 2.30. You would get Clemson in South Carolina at 7.30 Eastern. So it would be 3.30, 7.30, and I bet you would get the Egg Bowl at noon Eastern. And it would be up against Florida, Florida State, and Georgia, Georgia Tech. But both of those games Kentucky, are Louisville. stinky. I mean, that, that's... It, they you, are, you but look at the Georgia and... Th- those are brand names that, that the Egg Bowl aren't. Isn't, right. everyone grammatically put that. Y- your average college football weekend... You're, I mean, you've got you're five, also up against, six, seven games that eclipse two million. So it just the, you're also up against Michigan, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. That's always eleven a.m. at eleven a.m. I bet I bet on a regular yeah. weekend it would do more than it would do Thursday night because it does. That happens weekly already. But it's not a regular weekend. Yeah, more people are paying attention across the scape than usual. Yeah, but we also know that 18 million of them are going to watch Ohio State Michigan at 11 o'clock on they will this year. after Thanksgiving. They will Especially this year. Especially this year, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Ceasefire text line. Chase says, it's same to me one way or the other. Play it whenever. Ben says, I love it on Thanksgiving. Scott and Crystal Springs said, would love to attend the Egg Bowl, but can't miss that turkey and dressing for supper. It's good at mid- Point three. Broadcasting of the disturbed continue. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. Start of the 4 o'clock hour with you, Sports Talk Mississippi. Lee Sterling will join us in 14 minutes. We'll get his thoughts on some of the games that are coming up this weekend. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, and Brian Haydad with you in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Pearl River Resort, the home of the sports book at the Golden Moon Casino. You can be a part of the conversation on the C Spire text line at 601-879-4395. Again, 601 601- Eight seven nine four three nine five. Got a bunch of text messages about Egg Bowl. And it's just split, right? Some people love it on Thanksgiving. Some people hate it on Thanksgiving. Some people are out of town. They say I can't wait to watch it. You know, it, it's just all over the place, and that's okay. Yeah, it's going to be on Thanksgiving for the at least near future, and meaning beyond this season. And if it's going to be at least for one more year, then you know it's going to be at least for two years because it's like a home-and-away thing, so they'll do it evenly. And then we'll see. We'll see where it goes from there. The World Series begins tomorrow night. Do you know who's playing in the World Series? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you have to stop and think about it? I had to think about it yeah. today. Took me Houston. a second. Yeah. Astros-Phillies, game one in Houston. Random baseball note for you. Lids, which is one of those kind of like hats, sporting goods, apparel stores that are all over the country. Why are you laughing? Hey, Dad. Because it's like, I I thought lids was kind of self-explanatory, but okay. 
Yeah, but not everybody knows. They sell hats. Yeah, right. primarily. They primarily sell hats. The top-selling MLB team gear in each state, according to LIDS, for the 2022 season. Not surprisingly, I don't think, the New York Yankees dominate that, right? And it's all over the country. Like, highest-selling merchandise in Montana, in South Dakota, in Nebraska, Yankees in Louisiana, in Mississippi and Tennessee even. Maybe a little surprising, but there you go. The Braves are the highest-selling merchandise team in Alabama, Georgia, and South Carolina. I got an odd one, kind of an off-the-wall one for you. Do you know what team sells the most merchandise in Arkansas? The Red Sox. Who plays the game the right way? It is not the Red Sox, although that would be a very good guess because their owner, John Henry, is from Forest City, Arkansas. I was guessing that. Isn't that where I can't pronounce his last name? Ben Benintendi or whatever? He got traded yeah. to the Didn't he play for the Red Sox? Yeah, he's a team. Oh, okay. Or, and then got hurt for the playoffs. Well, never mind. Uh, Dodgers. Dodgers are the top-selling team in the state of Arkansas. What a dramatic difference in culture that is. Yeah. Yeah. Arkansas fans show up on time to games. Mm. Yeah, traffic's not quite as bad either. Well, the Lakers haven't showed up to a game yet. Well, it's funny you say that, Borky, because that's where I was headed next. Just a little random nugget. Um, We're going to fight. The... Points Bet Sportsbook has tweeted an early payout alert. Points Bet Sportsbook tweets, the Lakers suck right now, so we are paying out everyone who bet under 44 and a half and under 45 and a half wins for them this season. <laughs> There is 95% of the season remaining, but after an 0-4 start, ah. Points Bet Sportsbook has already agreed to pay out today the under on the worst team in the NBA. Well, and, and Anthony Davis has yet to have a semi-annual uh, soft tissue injury that keeps him out a couple of months. So, I mean, they're 0-4 while he's playing. They stink. GM LeBron, I mean, everybody's blaming Rob Palenka, right? That, that, that cracks me up. It's, oh, it's all his fault. He didn't put a good team around LeBron. As if we don't have two decades of sample size that says LeBron calls all the shots. Turns out he's not quite a good GM. Turns out selling your entire soul for a Mickey Mouse ring that nobody watched or cared about doesn't have good returns. Imagine that. But when the league expands to Vegas, he's going to buy the team. Enjoy losing a lot, which a lot of people go to Vegas and lose a lot, and so a basketball team will too. Hey, Dad, do you have anything you you'd done? like to add to this conversation? I could take both of you in a fight, so I'm just if you if if you keep keep this up, we're going to have a problem. The Lakers stink. Do you, do you see what Charles Barkley yeah, said? Stink. Hold on, hold on. I'll play the audio. I'm sure it involved the word terrible. Hold on, keep. Yeah, I'll find it. It's good. I, you know, I mean, what can I say? They're not good right now. 
Ceasefire text line open to you at 601-879-4395. That is the understatement, not just of the day, but of the calendar year. They're oh, not good right now. Forky, he's back. Who? Our Aggie friend is back on the text line. He's coming in hot. Oh, he hasn't messaged me in quite some time, but uh, real quick pause. He hasn't messaged you since State beat A&M. No. No, he said some stuff about He's Dak back. to me recently, but uh, hold that thought. Oh, my God. Lakers suck yesterday, yeah. they suck again today. <laughs> <laughs> Charles Barkley. It's a true story. That was not a lie told by Charles Barkley in that story. That, that show that is quote. still the best. It, it, it's a shame that... It's fantastic. They don't put them on other things besides just basketball because, like, our audience probably doesn't watch a whole lot of NBA on TNT. I wish they would just throw those guys on, like, college football Saturdays and just let them talk. What was it the word definitely that they made Barkley spell? (laughs) Yes. He's definitely got more money than us, though, so who cares? My favorite segment they do is the who he play for. They'll they'll do a spinning wheel of random NBA players and they'll they'll it'll stop on one it'll show his face and his name and they'll ask Barkley to name the team he plays for and he never gets it right. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Dad. William in Greenville has asked you to uh, once again say the word that you love hearing Barkley say so much. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Oh, you just oh, say it with a U. It was terrible. Yeah. Man, that's terrible. Also in the ceasefire text line, we get LeBron as a commie. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. that usually around here I've learned. I, I did a, an interview this morning, and somebody was asking me, they're like, hey, you know, Mississippi's really close to Louisiana. Do people have Pell's fever around where you are? And I was like, no. Anytime I bring up basketball, <laughs> they call me a Marxist, so I avoid it. <laughs> no, no. Had that play no, with them? Oh, they laughed. They thought it was funny, so they appreciated. Uh, they appreciated the humor. Mm. That should be the guest picker on Saturday. Get Barkley down there. Just let him. They, they instead of guest picker, just get Barkley on set for an hour. You got magic. It, it, just give him a microphone. Everything that guy touches in broadcasting turns to gold, and all he's doing is just kind of hanging out. Like there's no effort at all. And he creates gold every time he's got a microphone. He's great. He's honest. He just says what he's thinking and what most everybody else is thinking. Yeah. So yeah, the uh, your your Aggie friend turns up and uh, he's giving the the last score prediction he gave was on September twenty seventh. He said forty three thirteen this week. That was when Texas A and M was in Starkville, I believe, to play Mississippi State. Is that right? Yes. That is correct. Yes, On the that, is, that is what that September? prediction is. Has it been that long? Yeah. It has. Oh. Okay, so they played the game on October 1st, so it was early that week when he made the prediction. 43-13, that's how he had the Ags beating Mississippi State, and he also said 39-22 against Ole Miss. He has since updated. Well, he's changed his, that prediction. He has updated his Texas A&M Ole Miss prediction to Ags a lot Ole Miss, six. Ags, uh, a lot of players hitting the transfer He's back. portal after this year. hey He's back. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so disappointed, by the way, that uh, a Halloween party I was going to go to Saturday uh, got canceled because of the weather. I was going to be a yell leader. 
Were you going to go with the Milkman outfit, or were you going to go overalls uh, maroon it's shirt? It's going Milkman, because you can go to a local paint store, and they've got them just ready to buy. Yeah. And just slap on yeah. a Texas. And I was going to print out my Texas 5 and 7 logo and put that on there instead of mm. A&M. Oh, that would have been uh, good. That would have been good. Yeah, weather and sick kids got the party canceled. So, Boo. The worst. Was it going to be an outdoor party? party? Yeah, in and out. But, well, it happens. Halloween is actually Monday, right? Yeah, and that's another if thing. If you wear it on air, I'll go get a costume, and I'll wear a costume on air. Our, our neighborhood and, and our whole town is doing Halloween on Monday. I wish it was Saturday or Sunday. I don't know. It just It, it feels like... While not actually on Halloween, you would give people more a, time to actually participate, especially with the littler ones. Yeah, no, that's it's, a terrible it's weird idea. because you know, you know, I'm the whole like you can do Thanksgiving whenever, but I like Halloween on Halloween. I, that, I was going to say I, I think that the 31st is Halloween. That's although I might argue that if it's on Saturday or Sunday, you'd be better off moving it to Friday or Monday. But that's just me. Uh, anyway, Sports Talk Mississippi, Lee Sterling is next. It's big. Brace yourself. Sports Talk Mississippi, covering your Mississippi teams with live reports from the games and practices on Super Talk Mississippi. We are close. We're close to the start of another college football weekend, just hours away, in fact, especially here in the state of Mississippi, where tonight you get Southern Miss and Louisiana. That one kicks off at 6.30 on ESPN2. But right now, we go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com. And go to the home team, uh, go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau, Lee Sterling from Paramount Sports and ParamountSports.com. Hello, Lee. I'm good. How are you? Good, man. Always good to visit. Three and one in the games that you picked on our show last week. We've got four that we're going to look at today. I, I do, I, I want a bonus from you though. And I, I want to ask for the okay. bonus first. This is like dessert first. All right. <laughs> I've done that before. <laughs> Give me a thought on this Southern Miss-Louisiana Lafayette game tonight in Hattiesburg. So I like the fact that Lafayette's getting back um, one of the top backs. Smith, he's will be back, and he's able to play. And they have their original starting quarterback back. So if something happens, you got to have that. I mean, look at one of the games last week, Kansas State. They lost. Uh, they're top two guys, so yeah. all hands on deck. They're starting to figure it out here. I think the biggest problem for Southern Miss, if they have a good quarterback, you know, they're a really dangerous team. They've got a really good running back in Gore. Brownlee's a good receiver. So uh, I think it's going to be a good game, but I'll, I'll go with the team that seems to know how to win. I like Lafayette. I think they win this game, something like 24-20. Okay, and that would yeah. be inside the number. It's a two-and-a-half. Lafayette's a two-and-a-half-point yep. favorite. Total in that game, 43. Two, uh, two yep. teams that played pretty good defense. Right there. Turn out my, t- yeah, my prediction, 44. So There you go. I- I'd rather go. go with you know predicting a winner instead of uh, looking at the total. So let's do this, Lee. Let's start with an 11 a.m. kickoff game. It's going to follow game day. Arkansas and Auburn. Arkansas is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. There's weird stuff going on at Auburn. We know that. And yet this number, I feel like, is smaller than I would have guessed it would be. Is there a reason that we should be looking at Auburn as a home dog on Saturday? 
funny you mentioned that. As soon as I saw the line, I immediately, when I look at every game, I'm like, okay, am I missing something? Injuries, something going on I don't know about, and nothing. So uh, it doesn't happen often, but that was probably one of maybe three games on the entire card. I thought the line was off. You know, some then you start doubting yourself. Is this a trap game? Yeah. But you know, I, I think that Auburn's not going to fire their head coach, even if they lose this game. The way for Auburn to win this game, they got to throw the football because the Razorbacks are giving up 315 passing yards per game. But then we have five touchdown passes and ten interceptions. Their completion percentage, 51.8 percent. I mean, you saw that like back in the 70s for most teams. I just think with KJ Jefferson back playing now the last couple games and Rocket Sanders, 870 yards, rushing seven touchdowns. I just think they're too much here for Auburn. Uh, I like the matchup here, Arkansas 34-28. So I agree with you. I like Arkansas in this game, but the last time I did this where I looked at a game, I was like, this just doesn't make sense. This yeah. just doesn't make sense. It was Mississippi State and Kentucky, and, and I think you were on the other side of that, What if I remember correctly. Whatever, doesn't matter. Yeah. But I'm, I'm doing that with this one as well. I'm going, well, this just doesn't make sense. And then you know we're reminded that, that Vegas doesn't build big buildings with, with losses. And they make they make they make mistakes, but not too many of them. Yeah, <laughs> Put it that not, way. It's like it's like many. the kid that scores like a a ninety two to ninety five on a consistent basis yeah. on his test. That's fair. Uh, Georgia and Florida cocktail party in Jacksonville. Big number in this one. Georgia yeah. twenty two and a half point favorite. Feels like the dogs are playing well right now. They are, and you know everyone's talking about so called experts. I'm hearing on and on. Anthony Richardson only seven touchdown passes this year. But put up 29 on Utah, 33 on Tennessee, and 35 on LSU with him under center. They've lost some pretty strong SEC teams, Kentucky, Tennessee, and LSU by 10, 5, and 10 points. And I thought they played poorly in all three games. Remember, this is a rivalry game. If Florida has anything left, this is it. And if they score 20, that means that Georgia has to score probably 44, 45 points. That's not easy. So I, I just don't see Florida scoring less than 20 points. I mean, the Georgia defense is good, but only seven sacks in seven games. And when Stetson Bennett has the ball and he's firing away, the strongest unit, I think, of, of Florida's team is their pass defense. They've only given up eight touchdown passes, and they have six interceptions. They've got some guys in the defensive backfield that can make some plays here. So I think the game is going to be a little bit closer than most people expect. I thought the line, based on talent, should be on a neutral site, 16-and-a-half, 17. You've got to play a premium if you want to play a top-five team right now. I'm not going to pay an extra four or five uh, points here. I like Georgia to win 35-25, but Florida to cover. Okay, so Georgia, a 10-point winner. That's nowhere close to the 22-and-a-half this one on, uh, on this one. So Florida plus the points. Tennessee and Kentucky, they're going to they're gonna get down on Saturday night in, in the land of Rocky Top. Neyland Stadium will be insane once again. Tennessee rolling out the all-black uniforms on Halloween weekend. Vols can score. We don't think they can stop anybody, but Kentucky's offense doesn't scare you. Tennessee is a 12.5-point favorite. The biggest problem with Kentucky has been the turnovers. I mean, 12 lost turnovers this year, number 95 in the country. 
But they do have some things going for them. Number two in the SEC in time of possession. Almost 34 out of every 60-minute game they've possessed the ball. And four of those games were without Chris Rodriguez. The game last year, really good game. But also odd, Kentucky held the ball for over 46 of the 60 minutes and still somehow lost 45-42. I think that's their game plan. Again, they'd love to have some 15-16 play, 7-8 minute drives and keep that Tennessee offense off the field and keep their defense fresh. When you look back at the end of the year, look back at last year, team that won it, Georgia, best defense in the land. A couple years before that, got Alabama. Always when they win a title, their defense is top five. LSU, when they won, great offense, but also pretty darn good defense. I think they were top five, top six. So I just don't think Tennessee's defense is championship level yet. And eventually – Pressure gets ratcheted up, and and a team, nothing to lose like Kentucky, will play you tough. And I think this game goes to the wire. Tennessee wins 38-35, but I'm mm. taking Kentucky plus the points here, and you might have the top two quarterbacks here in the NFL draft going head-to-head, and Will Levis might end up going higher than Hendon Hooker. Well, and you know, there, there's one other thing that stands out for me. An area that Tennessee has been susceptible is on the back end, right? I mean, Bryce yep. Bryce Young, who, you know, I know Heisman Trophy winner, but he throws for over 400 yards in that game. you got a big-time arm, and Kentucky's got some good receivers if they can protect Will Levis. Yep. So, well, well, the key we'll is, you know, get that, get that four, five, six yards on first down. Makes play action a whole lot easier. That's the quarterback's best friend. You're right. You're right. And they can perhaps do that with uh, with Chris Rodriguez. And, and how many times you don't see Chris Rodriguez uh, getting stuff for no nothing on first down or a one or two yard game? He usually gets four or five yards. Yeah. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports, ParamountSports.com on your radio right now. One more to talk about before we wrap up. Ole Miss and Texas A&M College Station. A&M is a mess. Ole Miss is coming off its first loss of the season. Rebel seven and one on the year. What do you see in Aggieland? Okay, so the matchup. I love the matchup. You get a really good rushing offense, third in the country. Ole Miss averaging over 251 yards a game. Gets a 102nd rated run defense. And another thing, I mean, you see when a quarterback, they, you can have a quarterback uh, injured and they're bringing in a backup the next week, and the line will sometimes change two, three, four points. Mm-hmm. A&M is going to be without three starting offensive linemen, three line didn't move at all when that news came out, which is crazy. Line's sitting at like two and a half. I like Ole Miss. If you like Ole Miss like I do, you play it now. You don't want to take a chance it goes to three or three and a half, which could be important and get backdoored. But A&M is an absolute mess. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if close to half that recruiting class last year ends up somewhere else by the start of next year. So uh, I think Ole Miss, great matchup here. And Jaden Daniels was just in the absolute zone last week. They weren't losing to anyone. They beat Alabama if he plays that way again. So mm-hmm. I like Ole Miss. I think they rebound in a big way here, 31-20. 31-20, Ole Miss yep. over Texas A&M. we got about 30 seconds left. Remind yep. people how they can get your picks if they are so inclined. Yep. Buffalo, Green Bay, game of the week. You want to get it for free, call 800-400-9741. We'll give it to you for free. We've won nine out of 11 weeks and won every NFL weekend. My NFL game of the year goes this Sunday. We're 53-18 and 18 on these 40-50 to 50 unit plays. Just one place, all the different options you want to jump on board, ParamountSports.com.
You got me curious what you're going to say about Buffalo. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to text Sunday you the night. game now and on Sunday as soon as it starts feel free to free to tweet it out. Hopefully you play it and you cash in big like my clients. I like it. Lee Sterling Paramount Sports and paramountsports.com. Thanks as always, my friend. Thanks, Richard. Lee joining us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. So Lee uh he liked Kentucky plus the points. Hmm? He liked Arkansas laying the points. He liked hmm. Ole Miss laying the points in uh, in College Station. And uh, he liked Florida plus the points. Florida and Kentucky. All right. Come on. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm, Supertalk TV. Thanks, as always, for being with us. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Haydad. Going back through Lee Sterling's picks, he had uh, Arkansas minus 3.5, Florida plus the points against Georgia, Kentucky plus the points against Tennessee, and Ole Miss laying the 2, 2.5 at Texas A&M. I actually kind of like all four of those picks. We'll make our picks tomorrow. You, you guys, you guys think it's crazy to to think Florida laying that big number in Kentucky? Get, or I'm sorry, Florida getting the points, a bunch of them, and same thing with Kentucky. Not not necessarily crazy with Kentucky. It, it, the, the style, I, I'm curious to see how Tennessee handles that because you know how fast they want to go. And you've seen a couple of times this year Tennessee's opponents have not been able to handle the pace well. Kentucky, the, the, imagine this scenario in your head. Kentucky forces a three. Tennessee wins the toss. They like to receive quick three and out, 40 seconds off the clock. They punted away to Kentucky. Good, long, booming punt. Tennessee's punter never punts, but he's good. And so when he does, it's a deep punt down inside the tent. And Kentucky runs the ball, and they dink and dunk their way into a 14-play, nine-minute-long touchdown drive. That ch- I mean, just that scenario. It's very specific, but that's what Kentucky can do to you. They can control the clock. They can limit your possessions and frustrate the heck out of you. Kentucky seems to have the ability to ugly games up. Yes, and they're comfortable in the ugly. I mean, Mark Stoops. And that's the other part, yeah. They they lost the game, right? They lost the game, but still, at halftime of the South Carolina game, they were down 7 to nothing, and he was like, yeah, we're good. Like This is exactly what we wanted. We We regret giving up that touchdown. That was a bad play. Otherwise, we're doing exactly what we wanted. It's like he's he's perfectly fine in low-scoring, ugly, slow football games. That's right where they're comfortable. And while I agree with all that, 
We're only talking about two touchdowns here. I've said it before, a two-touchdown loss isn't necessarily a blowout. You know, 35-21 is going to cover that spread. Mm. So I, I would, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be taking Tennessee. Okay. Little, uh, little teaser on what is coming up. There was a, um, there was kind of an interesting trade today in the NFL, though I don't think it's, I mean, not really official because the NFL hasn't reported it, but Brian Dable himself has tweeted about it. So the Kansas City Chiefs get Kadarius Toney, who's missed the last five games with a hamstring injury for the Giants, in exchange for a conditional third-round pick and a sixth-round pick. I have two questions here. Maybe only one. Eh, two's fine. Is this good for Kansas City? They seem to figure out a way to use weapons offensively, right? When they got guys that can make plays, Andy Reid figures out ways to get them the ball. There he is. Tony's a good player, but didn't seem to really fit with what Brian Dayball and the Giants were doing. That's question number one. Here's question number two. And I know he hasn't played in the last five games, but when you've got things rolling the way the Giants do, do you really make any moves? Or do you just not rock the boat? I, I get maybe that's an irrelevant question yeah, given well, that he has missed the last five games. Yeah, and, when it's somebody that's you know not even really a part of what you're doing, it's uh, it, it's totally fine. But trade deadline's coming up. Doesn't look like the Saints are going to make any moves, which maybe they should one way or the other. Uh, get some draft picks back or, or whatever. But get a new coach. Go get a quarterback. They, they better start winning. Uh, Dalton's the guy moving forward. They, their issues de- defensively though. Get a new coach. Seven games. What are we doing here? Yeah, I'm sorry. Calm what's the record? Down, Satan. What's, what's are they two and five? It doesn't matter. You can't give a guy seven games. What are we doing here? What, what is this? The EPL? This, are, you, are you a Chelsea fan? All of a sudden, what just happened? Yeah, start Boom! Go way. the cannons. They lost today. Depressing. <laughs> Doesn't happen a lot. We got some news, by the way. There's well, been... you know. Continue. We won't go down that path. Continue, Porky. Uh, There's been some back and forth about Texas A&M's quarterback situation. Uh, You know, Wiegman finished the game because Haynes King hurt his throwing shoulder. Hey, hey, please, please, respect. Wiegman. Wiegman. Jimbo said in his Monday press conference that he expects Haynes King to play. That was probably gamesmanship because their 24-7 site is reporting that the true freshman's going to get his first start on uh, on Saturday. So Texas A&M, if they are correct, is down to their third quarterback, albeit a former five-star, but a third quarterback, their third quarterback, making his first start as a true freshman this weekend. Hey, Dad, I want to ask you this question as a uh, an impartial observer. Let's see. Let's uh, no, don't even make it about Ole Miss. Just just Team X. W- would you rather play a team with? A quarterback that has proven to be not very good, but has experience, or a complete unknown commodity who has zero experience in conference play, but was highly thought of coming out of high school. Much rather play the guy I know is no good. Much rather. I don't know if you're familiar with a one of the uh, the long-standing uh, running gags on the message board Six Packs Peak. But it's called the rat. 
I can't say what it stands for, but it just basically says that at the worst time, especially against Mississippi State, someone you have never heard of will come off the bench or some backup player will have the game of their life, and that's how State wins. It's burned State a million times. Would definitely rather have the known commodity that I know is no good. Uh, 2000, South Carolina. South, uh, Phil Petty gets hurt, and they bring their backup quarterback cold off the bench. He throws a touchdown pass on the first play to beat Mississippi State. Was that a good State team, though? Yeah, it was. I was eight. Beat Florida and Auburn the following two weeks. Mm. See, uh, who ended up playing in the SEC championship game? I've already got one of my group messages that's blowing up. It's like, oh, this guy's going to win the Heisman now because that always happens to Ole Miss. And my response is that that has happened to Ole Miss in the past because Ole Miss hasn't really had that many good teams in the past. Like you're scarred by bad, poorly coached, bad football teams yeah. losing to people very often. That's part of why you feel the way you do. I, I, I have not heard There's anybody a say this uh, theory for that. Huh? There's a four-word saying for what Borky just described. Oh yeah. Um. I haven't heard anybody say this out loud, and yet it's popped into my head a couple of times, and I thought, hold on. Freshman comes in and is asked to play in a big situation in an Ole Miss-Texas A&M game. Where have I heard this story before? Shea Patterson, right? In College Station? He did that. It was like his only defining moment as an Ole Miss quarterback. Only one as a quarterback. Period. (laughs) Yeah, well, that's that's fair. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, it, you know, I I understand the jokes and I understand the the scarring, but this is another example for why Ole Miss has to win this game. I mean, you you really, it, it's a third string true freshman quarterback making his first start. It's a game that you've got to win, and he's behind an offensive line that's battered and banged up, and you've got the culture issues. My gosh, everything yeah, I, I is setting up for them to win this game. You, you, you need to, you have to win this game. I do, Borky, think that um, the three starting offensive linemen being out is a bigger factor in this game than who takes a snap big deal. the quarterback yeah, for I Texas mean, A&M. We can't call Haynes King yeah. stinky all season and then say him being out's a big loss. So there is a uh, there's a screenshot that is floating around on the Twitters that shows tickets available for Kyle Field on Saturday night. Section four hundred run uh, row twenty two. I've I've heard somebody say that this is a fake, but whatever. Uh, showing uh, a ticket available for two dollars. I mean, there, we have a device right here. I'll certainly look. Th- there is a guy who tweeted two United States dollars for an SEC football game. You know who retweeted that, hey, Dad? Uh, you tell me. Lane Kiffin. <laughs> <laughs> My guy. <laughs> Your boy. Your boy. Sports Talk Mississippi. Streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. We'll be right back.
to Sports Talk Mississippi. Scrolling. Three, two, one. Super Talk Mississippi. Text line, Richard and Borky are in long sleeve pullovers. It's 72 degrees here in Brandon. Are you really broadcasting from Wyoming? I said, no, Colorado. He says, that's great. It's beautiful. Now you got to get Hey Dad to say, Hey Dad. Marijuana. Thank you. Anytime I just randomly say, Hey Dad, you know that's what I'm asking for. From that's the on. cue? Okay, from I got you. If I go, Hey Dad. You, you, you can marijuana. Like, mm, there you go. Who needs a soundboard when you've oh, yeah. got that? Yeah, yeah exactly. I, because you have I was that queued up on the soundboard, don't you? I can find it. It's probably on Gallows. Yeah, true. What were just, you just about? real quick, if you wonder what I was laughing at, it was your incredible graphic design is my passion graphic that you just put out on that tweet. Fantastic work, my friend. I, I, I thought it. I thought it fit. <laughs> That's, that's the look I was going for. It works. So, it works. So here we go. The Polk's pick six is back. It is live on supertalk.fm right now. Supertalk.fm slash Polk's. If you're new to this little contest, let me explain. It's quite simple. Pick six. Games, that is. Just winners, not against the spread. You're probably going to have to go 6-0 and to have a chance to win Sausage. The winner each week gets a six-pack of Polk's Meat products delivered in a cooler, packaged in dry ice, to your front doorsteps. In fact, this past week, we gave out two winners. Kind of a special circumstance. We had about a dozen people go 6-0, and but or maybe it's 14. Two of them, in choosing the tiebreaker, hit it on the number. And so I reached out to Eric and the rest of our friends at Polk. I was like, hey, would you be okay with doing two prizes this week? He's like, yeah, man, sure, let's do it. So the tweet was, I, I, I grabbed a, a picture that was on a, a reel from Polk's on their Instagram. And it was the uh, Polk Sunday Funday football snacks. And I just scratched out Sunday and wrote Saturday in there. So uh, you can uh, you can go to any of our Twitter feeds and click on the link to make it easier. You can just go yourself, supertalk.fm slash Polks. I think I probably owe you an apology. There is a game that should have been part of the six that I just I, I fogged over my brain I did not include the Jackson State Southern game. I should have. Hey, Dad mentioned it to me, but by the time I went in to try and change it, there were already a few entries, and so it was just going to be too complicated to change it at that point. My apologies. Not trying to slight anyone. In fact, I'm so not trying to slight anyone that in the description of Week 9, I felt it was important to say, 
because of Thursday night game, USM is not included this week. I didn't want anyone to think that we were sliding Southern Miss. Not included. They're playing tonight. Here are your games. Why is the Mississippi State in there? There's a couple of folks on Twitter that are slighted by positive coverage of uh, of Southern Miss. So uh, we can't they win are. with those. They are. Yeah. Ole Miss at Texas A&M, Arkansas at Auburn, Florida, Georgia, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party. I don't care what they want to call it. Can't call it that anymore. Yes, and I just did. How oh, dare, yes, we can. How dare you? Kentucky at Tennessee, we can, we will. Oklahoma State at Kansas State, and Cincinnati at UCF. Tiebreaker, total points in Ole Miss, Texas A&M this weekend. Richard, a friend of mine is going to be in Oxford tonight. She wants to see you at this uh, haunted house they're doing with the Oxford Police Department to uh, benefit the domestic violence safe house. She wants you and the kids there to get scared. I think that is a wonderful thing that they are raising money for, and I hope they raise lots and lots and lots of money, but I'm not really a haunted house guy. I'm not like against it. It's just like not my jam. Yeah, I hear you. I'm not not either, but I was told to ask. So... In Baton Rouge on Saturday, we parked. Speaking of haunted houses, we parked in lot four hundred four. I think it was. It's the uh, it, it's the street that Skip Bertman Drive is on. Kind of goes right mm-hmm. by their softball facility, and if you go, I guess it's west, away from the stadium, it takes you out to River Road, South River Road. And that's how we were directed out. It took forever to get out of the parking lot. Well, there was nowhere to turn off of River Road. Like, every side street along the way was blocked by a barricade or a police car or both. And so we go all the way to, like, almost to the state capitol building in Baton Rouge. Like, way downtown. And we're meandering through. And, Borky, I see a line of people. I'm like, what's going on? And when I say a line of people, I'm talking... Hundreds, if not thousands. And I go along the side of this line of people. These are people in line for a haunted house in downtown Baton Rouge. I'm telling you, there were a couple of thousand people in line waiting well, to go Isn't Tiger Land house. just a haunted house? It was for Ole Miss on Saturday. We'll be back. Sports Talk Mississippi. You're hearing Sports Talk Mississippi. What? what? This is so... On Super Talk Mississippi. Thursday, the 27th of October. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Michael Borky, thanks for being with us. Pearl River Resort Studios, Pearl River Resort. Home of the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. That's not one, but two 18-hole championship golf courses. The Oaks and the Azaleas fall golf at its absolute best right now. You're getting those highs in the, what, low 70s, high 60s, cool overnight. Just absolutely perfect. You can plan your trip. You can book your tee time online at dancingrabbitgolf.com. Sports Talk Mississippi brought to you in part by Genteel Apparel. I got good news, guys. 
right before I came to the studio today. I stopped by uh, Gentile's offices here, and I picked up a box, a heavy box, about, the, about yay wide, yay deep. They had to have a big box for Haydad shirts. <laughs> Sorry, got your shirts, Haydad? They are embroidered. All we right. got the logos. We got the pullovers. Michael Borky got the pullovers for you. There's a uh, a vest in there for you. You fired up? I can never have enough vests. Give me every I, color, every style. Invested. That's exactly right. I thought he was going to be more excited than that. Hey, Dad. Oh, you you told me excited. this uh, before. On I told they were coming. I just didn't. T- but now, like they they are in my possession. They're here. They're in his possession. Well, the issue the is the next time we're that. all together, which will be God knows when. Yeah. Yeah, somebody's got to drive and get them. Gary will be up there at some point. Yeah, you'd think so. There we go. He's always around. Actually, got some gear in there for Gary as well. So it might just make it worth his while. So, yeah, genteelapparel.com. You can go there. You can uh, find uh, a great selection of collegiate collection apparel. Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Southern Miss, Alabama, Auburn, Missouri. You got all kinds of stuff on there. And uh, it's great looking. It feels great. Uh, but also check out the, the fall collection stuff. I mean, some of the, the sports shirts they've got. I had on one yesterday. I'm not wearing a shirt today. Got the pants on, though. Yeah, stand up so you can see the pants. They're like a, a, a lightweight canvas. You just wanted to see my pants, didn't you? Hey, Dad. I did not. not Gentilapparel.com or stop by one of the men's specialty stores across the state of Mississippi. Steve's on the square in Philadelphia. The Country Gentleman in Greenville, Kincaid's Fine Clothing in Ridgeland, Reed's in Starkville, Randy Price and Company in Hattiesburg, and many others. Time right now for the College Football Fix. College Football Fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Get behind the wheel of an F-150. 45 years. That's how long F-Series have been the number one selling trucks in America. You can test drive one at your local Mississippi Ford dealer today. So, Borky, where are we going today? Take me down this college football fix road. Yeah, so Texas A&M got me thinking because they're woefully underachieving relative to expectations. Remember, they were a preseason top 10 team uh, despite going 8-4 and four last year. So we'll look at everybody in the SEC. You tell six, me. right? Weren't they They were six? number 6, I believe. Um, and I remember, you know, we don't get everything right because it's sports. If you're not going out on limbs, you're being boring. So sometimes we get things wrong. We nailed that one. When the first ranking came out, we were like, why are Texas? What? What? Mm-hmm. This doesn't make sense. Anyway. So the same day. The same day. So why are they are woefully underachieving? So let's look at the rest of the SEC. Relative to what you thought they were going to be, are they over, under, or right on par with your preseason expectations? And we'll start in the East and work our way down to our teams, of course. Florida. Are they overachieving, underachieving, or right at about what you thought? This was, I, I read the premise of what we were doing here, and I went through and I started thinking about it, and I was like, oh, this is going to be easy. And then I was like, 
They're caveats on so many of these answers. I, I think Florida is underachieving slightly, but I have to remember that this is a first-year head coach. And so maybe they're about where they should be at this point. I, I, my, my, my first inclination was, oh, they're underachieving. But I think if we're being fair to Billy Napier in year one, Florida is where they should be this week. Did get that win over Utah, uh, which was a nice staple. I expected yeah. Richardson to be better than he is. But if preseason you went back and looked at their schedule and said that they were going to be better than four and three, you know, maybe you were right, but that wouldn't have surprised me at all, not even a little bit. And I wouldn't have been like, ooh, that's disappointing. He, he's going to need I believe, some time. I believe, based on my preseason prediction, they're a game ahead. So I, technically, I guess they're overachieving. I had them losing to Utah. But. When you just watch them play, they're just not a very good team. So they're going to finish either six and six or seven and five. Yeah, which is where I had them. They're going to be about right on target, I guess. Yeah. This one's quick. Georgia over. They're better than I thought they'd be. Exactly where I thought they would be. I thought Georgia would be undefeated at this point of the season. They're undefeated at this point of the season. Yeah, at times they'd be undefeated, but they play better. At times, not been as like perfectly dominant. You know, the Kent State game was weird. The Missouri game was really weird. Really weird. Took a while to kind of separate against Auburn. Yeah, it was it was tough early, but yes, I expected them to be exactly where they are at this point. Okay, Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky is underachieved relative to my uh, expectations. Um, I think Kentucky's where I thought they were going to be. Because I thought they were going to start the year 4-0. Actually, they're not. They're a game below where I thought they were going to be at this point. When we made our predictions, I had them losing to Ole Miss, but beating South Carolina and beating Mississippi State. So they're one game below where I thought they would be. But based on kind of what they've dealt with, I think they're where they should be right now. I think 5-2 and two's about right for this team. And playing a game without your starting quarterback, uh, one of the things I got right, I, I am right on with my game-by-game prediction with, uh, with Kentucky in terms of their record at this point in the season. But either way, uh, Missouri, Eli, Drinkwitz, and Missouri. They've been wearing cool helmets lately, but what about the actual team? So this is one I struggled with. Like my inclination is they have underachieved. But haven't they kind of done what we thought they were going to do? They beat Louisiana Tech, they lost to Kansas State, they beat Abilene Christian. They lost to Auburn? No, 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 I'm sorry. But yeah, they, yeah, they did. Yes, they, they did. They did. They, they, they did. They handed literally handed the ball to Auburn on their way in to score the game-winning touchdown. And they, they lost to Georgia, and they lost at Florida. They are exactly who I thought they'd be. Bad and they team, beat bad, bad quarterback play, uninspiring. Remember, we did the hot seat thing like we do going into a season, who's on the hottest seat, and the obvious was Harson, 
And I said Drinkwitz was number two. This is why. And and they're going to lose. I think they're going to lose four of their next five. Yeah. To close it out. So, yeah, Missouri's what I thought they were going to be. Probably a little under for me. I didn't think they'd be good, but they're worse than I thought they'd be. The South Carolina Gamecocks, who sit at 5-2 and two right now. I know what the answer is for Michael Borky. Over. I'm impressed. But that what's funny is, I was right about Rattler. They're not winning because of him. They're winning yeah, it's in weird. other ways. It's weird. They're definitely better than I thought they would be. I, I don't think I go. I think they're going to win eight, and I didn't have them winning that. Ooh, you think they're going to win eight? They're sitting at five right now. South Carolina has the next Missouri three. this weekend, and mm-hmm. then Vanderbilt, and then you think they're going to win at mm-hmm. Florida? I do right now, yeah. But okay. At that point, you've won, like, what, four or five in a row? You just have the, the momentum. I don't I think, think they so. can win that game, but I think that, for whatever it's worth, the average Clemson fan is probably expecting to roll over South Carolina, and I would caution against that if I were doing this in that state. Yeah. I've said a number of times, if that game were in Columbia and I were a Clemson fan, I would have huge trepidation. I would be scared. I don't think that the team that's won 38 straight at home is going to lose to their in-state rival at home. Assuming they don't lose between now and then, talking about Clemson. We'll pick this up with the West when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Don't forget Vanderbilt, but I assume our answers are all over. Hey, Vandy's exactly what I thought they were going to be. We'll be right No. Check this out. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. to uh, throw Vandy away at the end of the last segment. So you guys disagree. I said I think Van- I think they're where I thought they were going to be, and you guys pushed back and said no overachieving. They've got three wins. They're better than I, I expected them. them to be. I didn't have them with three wins at this point, and they pl- just from watching them from an eye test standpoint, they're much better than I thought they would be. Had them winning at Hawaii, had them beating Elon, and had them winning at Northern Illinois. I did not. Okay. We also forgot Tennessee, but I think that's a pretty easy one, too. Yeah, they're way over. Way over. Good football team. Good football team. Mm-hmm. I do wonder if their lack of defense is going to, to bite them once and maybe twice before the end of the season. There's a chance. Next week, for sure. Okay. West. Let's go to the West. Alabama. I thought they'd be undefeated at this point, but even if they squeaked out that Tennessee game, I would still say under. They're not near as impressive as a Nick Saban Alabama team has been in the past, even with their record and all that. Yeah, it's definitely under. I I also had them undefeated. But also, just if you just watch them play, they're not as good as you would have expected them to be in the summer. On this, we all agree. 
an Alabama team with a loss when they're eight games into the season is a surprise. And yes, Alabama has, I mean, they, they've lost one and, and could have lost three. They didn't, and they get credit for winning those, ultimately. But they could have lost at Texas, and they could have lost at home to Texas A&M. Uh, under where I thought Alabama would be at this point, in terms of expectation. Arkansas at 4-3. and three. Now, they've been bit by the injury bug in a bad way, but their record is what their record is. Is there a under. touch under? Because I thought they would beat Texas A&M, and they didn't. There was the, the That's doink. exactly correct. Same, same here, same here. And and I, I kind of thought they might win at Mississippi State. Also, Hey Dad was pretty. Bullish I had them losing that State game. Winning that game. Yeah, um, I had them losing that game. I had them at, at what are they five and three? I had them at six and two at this point. Yeah. The, I wonder if it goes off the rails is not the right word, but I wonder if they've got some some more losses coming. They. Even with uh, with the healthy Jefferson and and you know they run the football well and all that, but defensively they're horrible and and they've been really ravaged by injuries to where I don't know how many more games you can win in their current state. And you know what, Borky, I, I think because of the way they played in their last game against BYU and then had an open date, it's just been a couple of weeks since we've seen them in in a big time game. I, and 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 granted, no KJ Jefferson. That that changes the way they look, like you know, which so we didn't see him against Mississippi State. As it stands right now, I'm anxious to see what Arkansas looks like down the stretch. I'm I'm interested in their game against Auburn. Frankly, I'm interested in their game against Liberty because Liberty's seven and one. I, I kind of feel like the Arkansas Liberty game will play out like the old Miss Liberty game did a year ago. You can build it up all you want to, but the reality is Arkansas is just better than Liberty and they're gonna win because Liberty's not built to beat an SEC team that's competent. No. Period. When when you're as bad as Arkansas is defensively, you can't take anything for granted. I, I think LSU will beat Arkansas. I, I think Ole Miss will beat Arkansas, but I think that might be a game where the scoreboard, like like they they test to see how the bulbs work every year. So we'll see. I think Arkansas will beat Missouri at the end. This one is an easy answer for Haydad. Auburn is under for me. I didn't think Harson was surviving the year. I didn't think it was going to look quite like this. Right on the money. You had him three and four at this point. I had him yes, three and four, and then finishing four and eight. Well, there you go. You're uh, you you are in striking distance. They do still have Western Kentucky in the final weekend of the regular season. The closing stretch for Auburn is Arkansas at State, A and M, Western Kentucky at Alabama. I mean, they're gonna may, they're gonna beat A and M but lose to Western Kentucky. <laughs> to get to four, maybe so. I can feel it in my bones. You know, I don't think Jimbo's getting fired. I, I really don't. But lose to Ole Miss, then lose to Auburn, and lose to Florida, and then things start getting weird fast. They could. They're already weird. Yeah, they are. LSU, uh, over for me, they are right now today better than I expected them to be. They have that loss to Florida State, but if they played that game again, oh, that outcome would be very different. 
So they are today yeah. much better than I thought they'd be. It was I had so them long finishing. Ago. Go, 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 go ahead. ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Well, I had them finishing eight and four. I'm trying to think who I had them. Lo- I had them losing. I think to Tennessee, to Alabama, uh, to Arkansas, and then I'm not sure who the other one was. But I had them beating Florida State. So prior to last week, I would have said under. But the way they played, you can. I think they're. It's pretty obvious they're going to finish strong. So I'll say they're over now. Yeah, LSU today is over what I thought they would be. I, I agree with you. I'm not sure that I would have said that a couple of weeks ago coming off, oh, what, the way they played against Auburn, the the boat race against Tennessee. I, I would have said under at that point. But, no, I, I think they have exceeded expectations and are in the process of continuing to exceed expectations. And when you look at what they've got left, they get Alabama at home, got to go to Arkansas, they get UAB at home, and they go to Texas A&M. That, that's what's left for LSU. Great chance to be 9-3. and three. Great chance. Yeah, you're right. Let's save our two for a longer segment. Here's a fun one. Texas A&M. <laughs> Amazingly, they are worse than we thought they'd be. Yep. And we were so low on them to begin with. We were all like, ah, it's probably an 8-4 and four team. No, they're worse than that. See, remember, that's not I including the sideshow they've become. In the offseason, back in week one, I did the, woo, look out for Appalachian State, North Carolina yeah? coming to their place in Boone. I wasn't expecting Appalachian State to go to College Station and win. Oh, I remember we mocked the schedule maker at Appalachian State. What are you thinking? Congrats on getting yeah. North Carolina, but play Texas Southern, not Texas A&M a week after. Mm-hmm. It, I, it, I was talking to somebody Tuesday night about, he was like, well, if, if Texas A&M beats Ole Miss, then you can't say anything about them underachieving. I was like, yes, I can. I'm not on the team. I can say whatever I want. That would, that would bring them to 4-4. Four and four. And do you realize how expensive that roster is? How many rosters in America are more expensive than Texas A&M's? They can beat Ole Miss this weekend by 30, and their season would still be an abject embarrassment when you consider how expensive their roster is on top of how expensive their coach is. Can we not do that? Can we not have A&M beat Ole Miss by 30 this weekend? Wouldn't be ideal for this this here radio program and uh, and, and all that. It, w- it would not. Yeah, you make that face, hey, but you know it. People are more excited across the board when teams win in Mississippi. I know Ole Miss fans enjoy a state loss. I know state fans enjoy an Ole Miss loss. My but highest rated podcasts are always. Fun. It is, but my highest rated podcasts are always catching state after a bad loss. People tune in to hear what we got to say. They, they, yes, yes, but they're looking to commiserate. They're looking for you know company. Oh, I think they're looking for. I think they're looking for. Uh, I'm angry. I want to hear them be angry too. I want them to tell me why it's okay to be angry. Mm. Well, okay. Either way, it doesn't change the fact that their season would be an embarrassment relative to what they spent on that no, roster. No, no question. But again, you can't lose to a. So did we just basically say that outside of LSU, the entire West has underachieved? Well, we got two more. Yeah, we'll talk about them after the break. 
you want to be a part of the conversation, you can join us on the ceasefire text line at 601-879-4395. Sports Talk Mississippi is brought to you in part by M-Trade Park. Online, you can find M-Trade Park at mtradepark.com. I was out there last night. Uh, went to see one of Obie's buddies play baseball. And uh, just such a great facility. It's just so good. All the ball fields have got turf infields, natural grass outfields, the soccer fields, which are currently operating, or at least some of them are as flag football fields. Absolutely perfect when you are looking toward the spring and helping build the schedule for your son or daughter's team, whether it's baseball, fast pitch, or soccer. Be sure to make sure. Be sure to make sure. That's a little redundant. Be sure that M-Trade Park is part of your plan. If you're going to play, play M-Trade. M-TradePark.com. Over or underachieving Ole Miss and Mississippi State. We will do that when we come back. From the flatlands of Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Every minute worth waiting for. Super Talk Mississippi. Dave has a request on the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. He said, you're going through all the SEC teams. Could we do an overachieving, underachieving for Southern Miss as they get set uh, just a little under an hour from kickoff tonight in Hattiesburg at the Rock? Big game against the Ragin' Cajuns of Louisiana. I know I alternate sure. between Louisiana and Louisiana Lafayette. I just feel like I should honor what they've asked, but it's like everybody knows them. As you Lafayette, should. But Great whatever. people down there. <laughs> Tell me more about Teague Moore Field. Hey, Dad. Fantastic facility. All right. Southern Miss. Overachieve, underachieve, or exactly where you thought they would be. A little over. I thought they would have to grind really hard to get to a bowl game, and they and they still are going to. They still got they still got work to do. But just from the eye test, again, they're playing better football than maybe I thought they would. I think they found a quarterback, you know, which is crazy. I thought I'm a you know you guys know I was high on Ty Keys, but this kid, I mean, he he just looks like he's got. He just looks like a Southern Miss quarterback. He's got the same kind of feeling about him that you would get from Austin Davis and Nick Mullins and those guys. I think they're a game better than I thought they would be at this point. They're four and three. I kind of thought they would be three and four. Um I don't know what we did when we made our predictions. I think probably deep down I believe that Liberty would win that game in the opener. Thought they would yeah. lose to Miami, thought they would beat Northwestern State. Honestly, didn't think that they would win at Tulane. And that was based on what we thought we knew about Tulane from a year ago. That was not based on the fact that Tulane is 7-1 and one and they're ranked 23rd in the country now and the only blemish on the entire schedule is Southern Miss. That's a great win. Yeah. 
I would have predicted a loss at Troy. I would have had them winning against Arkansas State and probably winning against Texas State. All right, fair They're enough. Playing so hard, and their defense has been really good. And their defense has been good without some guys that they really needed to help their defense be good. Yeah. And a couple of starting linebackers. All right. So there. That, that, that's Dave. Thanks for asking. And there you go. I think we all feel maybe slightly better than what we thought they would be at this point of the year in year two for Will Hall. Mississippi State, over, under, exactly where I thought. Based on my preseason prediction, they are exactly record-wise what I thought they would be. Yep, same here. Literally, I mean, I literally had them losing to LSU, Kentucky, and Alabama at this point. Um, trying to remember... I don't remember exactly. I can't remember if I predicted seven or five and eight and four. I think both of those are still on the. Was that Jack Crystal? What? I just heard a voice pop up and it was. It sounded like Jack Crystal's voice. I don't I have no idea where that came from. I got nothing up. Anyway. We got some, got some auditory hallucinations happening here. Uh, maybe. Maybe so. In the land of milk and honey. I had them beating Memphis. I had them beating Arizona. Losing at LSU, beating Bowling Green. So that was off to a three and one start. Mm-hmm. I think you had them losing to Arkansas, but you may have had them beating Kentucky. So I don't know. No, I had them losing to Kentucky and Alabama, and I think splitting with A and M and Arkansas. Okay, it's a little better then. So states five and th- well, no, I mean right where they would. I had them losing to LSU. Oh, you got them four and four. Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. So, so maybe yeah. a touch better. Yeah. And Ole Miss seven and one right now. I mean, don't you have to kind of spit the taste of last week's game out of your mouth and look at the entire eight game deal? If in August Absolutely. I told you Ole Miss is going to start seven and one, your reaction would have been. I think you're right. I think Ole Miss is where I thought they were going to be. Now, there was a little bit of hope that was mixed into that, but you, you guys remember, I had them beating Kentucky. And so I was looking at them being 5-0 and after Kentucky and 7-0 and going into Baton Rouge. They were 7-0 and going into Baton Rouge. I didn't think that it would look like that in LSU. Yeah. I have... I have, they are definitely overachieving for me because I had them losing to Kentucky. Uh, I had them six and two at this point, so they're seven and one. They're ahead of schedule. If they beat A and M, and well, what's crazy is I was reminded this week that this was supposed to be a rebuilding year. Remind yourself of what they lost last year. They lost one of the best quarterbacks to ever play in that uniform. Mm-hmm. The entire running back room. Three wide receivers, both starting linebackers who are on NFL rosters, a pass rusher that had 16 sacks last year in a 3-2 defense, and both coordinators. 
And if they get to That's the bye weekend, when you say it out loud, yeah. But but I mean, I feel like you need to put names with that, right? I mean, as opposed to just kind of randomly. I mean, most people know the names, but but first of all, a a an all time great at quarterback, what one of what. Yeah, you, know, you argue it however you want to, but one of the either three or four best quarterbacks to ever play at Ole Miss and Matt Corral. They lose Ely and Snoop Connor. And Parrish. All three. And Parrish. Oh, yeah, and, and Parrish also. They lose Chance Campbell. So important a year ago. And Mark Robinson, you know, converted running back that just turned into a really good linebacker. Hey, here's there's, there's another one though that you're not mentioning, Borky. They lost Jake Springer. Jake Springer, and he was a really important piece on that defense. And then they lose Sam Williams, who's a dominant rush end. And Dean Leonard made the Chargers. So there's a defensive back that's on a 53 man in the NFL. <laughs> I forgot about Dean Leonard. And also, you know, don't forget from a coaching perspective, both coordinators. I know we we, we joke about Levy and all that, but there there is continuity there. You know, having Levy and, and not having Dirk, and that, that, that's a ton of loss. Ole Miss is definitely overachieved, even if you had them predicted at this point. They've played better than I think that you would have to say they've played better. They look better on the field than you might have thought they would have. Getting to eight and one despite those losses would be a remarkable accomplishment. That would say a lot about the person running the program. A lot. Because people are so focused on the Twitter and the stories and the leaving Tennessee and all that. That that would say a lot about the coach. 100% agree. I mean, that's, that's completely fair. Completely fair. And even when being they at this the point CBS where they are sports. says a lot about the coach. When they do the CBS Sports coach rankings next year that we, we go over every year, Kiffin should be in the top ten. And if he, he finishes be. ten and two somehow, if he, I don't care what he's what he he should be. Oh, I agree with that. And if he, if he finishes ten and two, I mean, you could start making the argument like he's the best coach who doesn't have a national title. Message that says the transfer portal will eliminate the term rebuilding year. Hmm. I'm not sure that I agree with that everywhere. Those are still new additions to your program. And you still they still have to be good. Just because you go get transfers doesn't mean they're going to be good. And oftentimes there's a reason guys are in the portal. Some cases, like Troy Brown, who's been good despite being injured everywhere, you know, sometimes guys want to move up a level to, pro- level to prove their worth for draft purposes. He was playing at Central Michigan, right? So natural move to the SEC. Some guys are in the the overwhelming majority of guys are in the portal because things aren't working out for them where they are. They're not playing enough or whatever. So it's not like, well, you can do good things in the portal, obviously. But you can't just, oh, I'm going to go get a left tackle. And there's just a plethora of left tackles that you can just go grab and they start right away for your team. It's not really how it works. Dale in the Delta says, um, Maybe, but Ole Miss has played two borderline to good teams, and they got blown out by one. Let me ask you this, Dale. When when the team that you cheer for has a really good season, by historical standards, Dale, Dale's a state fan, right? Mm-hmm. So, so historically, a good season at Mississippi State and at Ole Miss, but we're talking about Mississippi State here, is an eight to nine win season. That's a really good year. 
A 10-win year is a banner year. When you think back about those teams, do you go back and pick apart the schedule and see who they played and what they were like when they played and whether or not it was a strong strength of schedule, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Or you just, do you just look at the record and go, man, won nine games that year. What a great season that was. Do you care about the Arkansas win because K.J. Jefferson didn't play? Does that make it – does that take the W off the board for State? Because I don't no. think so. No. I mean, I, I understand, Dale, that, that like maybe you need to point out that Ole Miss isn't as good as they're getting credit for because they haven't played a good enough schedule, and that's fine. But if Ole Miss finishes this season 9-3 and three after what we talked about they lost from a year ago and Ole Miss fans look back, was it going to be a good year? Yeah. And frankly, they may be a little bit disappointed if it's not 10. We'll be right back. Talk Mississippi continues. told you hey dad is the great hope for the state man that explains the losses he also says Ole Miss probably finishes 14 and one <laughs> I'd bet against that that's a good run Bo if, if that's where they finished that was a um think about it that'd be seven in a row to start the season and seven in a row to close the season Hey, Dad, I, I really am glad that we amended the agreement that uh, we made for the Palmer home dress-up as an Ole Miss or a state guy thing next year um, and, and mm-hmm. included all sports like we talked about on the show the other day because uh, Ole Miss got the, the point in volleyball. Did we agree to that? I'm pretty sure that's what you said, that we were doing all sports, right? No, no, you said you listed them off, and I remember questioning is like, why did you pick soccer, and you told me about your friend yeah, who's I, the coach. I, I didn't I agree to an amendment. I have you, you're the one that said we had amended the original agreement. So I'm just no, I'm trying no, to be a, no, I'm just trying to be a good sport. And that, I mean, you changed the terms of the original wager. I, I did not. And so I was like, okay, no. we'll do that. I have no recollection no, no, of the no, conversation no. that you're you're mentioning. Of course you don't. Of course you don't. You're gonna fold under questioning. I mean, what what do you think? What are you like the Chicago FBI or something? You think I'm gonna <laughs> fold under questioning? I have experience with them. I mean, I've experience with those people. Hmm. Um. <laughs> so yeah, kind of a mixed bag for volleyball at Ole Miss. They they win against Mississippi State, and uh, they made a coaching change in volleyball as well. Yeah. That's a hell of a twenty four hours. Yes, yes, it is. Somebody says, uh, someone throw the challenge flag and go to the tape. I don't know that we can find indisputable video evidence on this one. I think we, we absolutely could. Yeah. Yes. Just got to remember what day we had that discussion. Chris and Tupelo says, unfortunately, State won the soccer point. That's right. Yes, they did. They did. Yeah. Um. All right. What about tonight? Southern Miss, big game. Big game tonight for the Golden Eagles at the Rock. You can watch Looking it. Look forward to it. 
ESPN2, 6.30 kickoff, one of three college football games on your television this evening. You've also got the late kick, the 9 o'clock kick out on the uh, in the Pacific no- Northwest. Did anybody ever check the weather in Pullman? I forgot to do that. Yeah, it's like 48 and sunny. Well, it's cold at least. It's a shorts day up there. Pullman. They might be rocking the vest, though, Borky. They might, you know. Pullman, Washington. You two guys, you know, got a hoodie on, got got your fleece on. I'm just wearing a T-shirt. What will be a 7 o'clock local time kickoff, it will be 45 degrees and partly cloudy at kickoff. Hmm. Be a lot of hoodies in the stands tonight in Pullman on the Palouse. With layers underneath. Probably some fireball as well. You think? Yeah, I do. I do think that. Seems seems like a uh, a reasonable guess. Virginia Tech, NC State. <sighs> yeah, whatever. Yeah. NC State, big favorite. 13.5 point favorite in that game. Yeah. Lafayette, a 2.5 point favorite over Southern Miss. And Utah, a 7 point road favorite tonight at Washington State. Be careful, uh, Utes. Cam Ward, the transfer quarterback from Incarnate Word. He's thrown for 1,962 yards and 16 touchdowns this year for Washington State. But he's actually gotten better. Only eight interceptions. I I say only. He has eight interceptions, but after three or four games, that number was five or six. So he has protected the football better as of late. Ward from Word. Say, huh? The nation's uh, top defensive recruit that everybody had predicted going to Florida went committed to Miami today. Hadn't scaled back enough yet. Yeah. Hmm. I, I get why those things happen. I do. Jumping on the Miami train right now is like uh, getting on one of those little trains that you used to see in the mall where it was the saddest thing ever watching a parent sit with their kid on a train that like went 15 feet and then just turned in a circle and just kept going in circles and they were big enough for adults to sit in but it was all for kids that's the kind of train Miami is right now colorful and small and going nowhere just like a train in the mall that's that's what parenting is is putting your kids on rides where you can keep an eye on them yeah. And they love oh, it. Oh, yeah. You, you realize it's pointless. Though. I understand their purpose. But that's Miami. James football. loves trains. Put them on the train, Borky. Yeah. But that's Miami football. So so you're not buying into Mario Cristobal long term? Have you seen the way his team plays? I mean, I know there's it's, it's not his won. program yet and all that. Yeah. Other coaches would have that team playing better right now than he than he has. There's no doubt. Yeah. The craziest thing is the regression at quarterback. I mean, we've gone from Tyler Van Dyke as, like, he could be the number one overall pick to who is this guy? Well, he's hurt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks for being with us. Big day tomorrow. Don't forget, supertalk.fm slash polks to get your pick six in. Good night. Oh, it's incredible! 
Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.